episode 139, Prolonged Fast Mimicking Diet Deep Dive. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today, we're Dr. James Kelly's perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards-nominated host as we get a behind-the-curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back. We are going to go all kinds of deep in the Prolone fast-mimicking diet based off the Walter Longo PhD's book. This is the five-day fast that I've been doing. I just finished my third series. My results are not in as far as the blood work goes, so hang tight. During the dentist series, which is next week, I'll be able to give you the highlights on that. Uh, If you're interested in the dentist series, it's going to be four weeks. If you want to get the show references PDF, by all means, visit a doctorsperspective.net slash dentist with an S, and you can get that. It's a nice quick reference guide. think you're going to like it, just like the ones we've done for podiatry and acupuncture and all the rest. I want to make thanks to Dr. Silverman from episode 135. He was talking about nutrition and gut health, and he was uh, instrumental in getting me the interview with Dr. Kelly. He is the medical liaison for the Prolone El Nutra company. So pretty much his job is to do podcasts and talks and go to see doctors and answer their questions and you know all that kind of stuff. Once again, I want to mention from episode 122, Christy Boyles, she owned the uh, nine podiatry clinics and had more fans, and that led to her Allied Wellness Clinics. Well, that again is live now, alliedwellness.com.au, covering hydration, nutrition, sleep, stress management, and movement. Again, it's a resource for the doctor to be able to give to the patient. Now, you can sell that to the patient and give them access and all these different kinds of articles, but it's a way for you to get people the information that they probably need for their own health without you actually having to like devote the amount of time and energy it is to be that resource because she's done it for you. So you're going to get tools to assess, booklets, diaries, all those types of things. You can even hold a workshop with it. Use promo code podcast, podcast, and save $100 Australian dollars. So that's 297 Australian dollars, 201 US dollars, 180 euros, or 21,000 Japanese yen because I have listeners in Japan. It's one of the higher ones in my repertoire. Okay, and real quick, things that we're going to cover on this episode with Prolone. What is it? How do you fast, but yet you can eat? Stem cell regeneration. Does that really happen? How does that happen? What's the point? Uh, Epoptosis, autophagy, autophagy, however you want to say it. These are the things that happen. You know, your body goes into ketosis, but if you just go on a keto diet versus this, is there a difference? The breakdown of uh, macronutrients that the thing's going to have. Plus ghost carbons. Ooh, what's that? Uh, They came up with some new flavors recently. We'll discuss the headache that you might get. And again, the stem cells. It's a really good overview of everything that we want to know, plus a little bit more of a deep dive since um, you can just listen to Dr. Longo on some of the podcasts that he's been on to just hear more of the basics and the theory behind it. So we just get into the meat and potatoes. So all the show notes can be found at adoctorsperspective.net slash 139. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and California, today on the show, we're going to talk about the Prolone El Nutra fast mimicking diet from the Dr. Longo's research, but now it's the product that you can use for a week. If you listen to the podcast over the last couple of months, you probably heard my own journey. Uh, I'm on month two. I've done month two. I've got one more month to go. And who we have today is kind of the medical liaison guy. He uh, 
development in early stage medical and biotechnology. He also worked with the Innovation Institute, which was partnered with the uh, Cleveland Clinic back before this job. So really excited to pick his brain. Dr. James Kelly, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Woo. I'm going to assume on the, the, for this podcast that people know what I'm talking about a little bit. They either read the book, they've heard about it. And so we'll just kind of go into like more pointed questions that like I had. But before we do that, give us just the, the brief overview. What is the diet, the, the science a little bit behind it and why we should care, which I'm sure, sure you've answered a hundred times. No, that's, that's my one. I like talking about it, so I don't mind at all. And two, it is actually what I get paid to do. So it's a sort of a <laughs> confluence of both worlds. So what I'm the medical science liaison for El Nutra. We are the makers of the Prolon five-day fasting mimicking diet. And Prolon is prolonging longevity is what it stands for. And the diet is essentially designed to trick your body into going into a fasting state. So there's two things you have to know about it. One, why is fasting beneficial? And two, how does this mimic a fast? So very, very, very briefly... What we're really going for is stem cell-based regeneration and rejuvenation. And the way you get there, and there are a number of other health benefits that go along with fasting for more than a couple of days as well, but it takes a couple of days to activate the processes in your body that clean it up. So basically what happens is if you're always eating, you're never going to run out of energy, so the body never has to be efficient. And if the body never has to be efficient, it can tolerate damaged tissue. And then damaged tissue, in the end, goes on to do things that aren't always great. A lot of aging and age-related disease is directly related to eating too much. So if you go into a fasting state where your cells actually run out of energy and are forced to do a sort of uh, self-assessment because your body doesn't want to waste what little energy it has, every cell takes a look at itself and says, are you broken or can, and can you be repaired? Or do you need to be deleted and replaced? And those two processes are called autophagy and apoptosis. And we'll talk about those more, I'm sure, in a bit. But autophagy and apoptosis, or apoptosis, if you want to say it, the alternative pronunciation, are basically the way your body gets rid of or cleans up damaged tissue. And it takes two days in humans. Most of the autophagy and apoptosis appears around our 48 to 96 of a fast, which is day three and four of a prolonged fast. And then on day five is when you start to see stem cells sort of ramp up in the bloodstream. So it takes about four to five days to really get this total body clean up. And we don't know what percentage of the body cleans itself up over those four or five days. But that's really the only way to get there. The problem is if you try to do a water-only fast where all you're doing is drinking water and eating nothing for five days, the vast majority of people drop out by day two. It's just really, really, really challenging to do. And on top of that, you will eat a lot of your lean body mass because the way the body works is – 12 hours into a fast, you're out of the glucose from your last meal. Your body doesn't go into full ketosis till about day three. And it, even in full ketosis, that only provides about half the energy you need. Your body will get the rest of the energy from itself, cannibalizing not just fat, but also glycogen and amino acids in your muscles. So no matter what, your body still takes that amount of time, whether you ingest no calories. Yeah. Water or fasting mimicking diet is going to take a while. But in the meantime, if you're not eating anything, your body's going to cannibalize its own muscle for the first two days. And then it gets into a protein-sparing state, and it'll preserve most of your muscle, but it'll still eat a little bit. What Walter Longo, Dr. Longo, the head of Longevity Institute at USC, our founder, figured out was that you can trick the body's pathways. You can hide from the things that notice nutrition because the cells go into this fasting state not because they're starving, but because they get a signal to go into a fasting state. And if you hide from the pathways that recognize nutrition, you can still send that signal even though you're sneaking food into the body. So what Prolon is, is a very, very carefully measured, clinically validated kind of a stealth food. 
where it has a particular ratio of macros, and we'll talk about this too. I think you and I have already spoken about that. Um, it has a very specific macronutrient ratio and caloric content that's designed to not trigger your body's alarms for growth. And if you can sneak food in without triggering those alarms, you can give the body the energy it needs to preserve muscle and to keep you busy and fed during a fast, but you can still keep those cells in that regenerative state. So you can still get all the same autophagy, apoptosis, and stem cell-based regeneration while still giving people food. And that's really all Prolon is, is stealth food. Okay. So, sorry for the long version. No, that's still, that's good. That's, I think that's the great overview of what we're talking about. And as a person who's taken it twice now, there's only like one day where you really feel, in my opinion, quite hungry because they, they remove the snack. <laughs> it's like that after three. lunch to dinner, they're like, there's no snack. And you're like, what? Come on. And it's like olives. Yeah, it's not a lot. But I was kind of surprised the amount of food that you can eat, mm-hmm. while, you know, the amount of food you'll package in there. Yeah, we try to make a little feel like a lot, but it's, it's still not a ton of food. But you do get three meals a day, plus some days snacks, plus drink, plus dessert, plus, you know, herbal yeah. teas and vitamins and minerals and nutrients. So um, we do our best, but uh, yeah, it's about 1,150 calories day one and then about 800 calories for day two through four, two through five. So I had two follow-up questions. I guess I'll ask, one of them is going to be, you know, it's 800 calories on Facebook, you know, you join a group, you're like, okay, let me get some help with this. And the group is just a ton of people that are trying to mimic the diet. The mimicking diet, yeah. (laughs) Here's the macros, you know, there's this much fat and protein, and they're looking at the ingredients, and they're like, okay, and then the amount of time that these people are spending Mm -hmm. versus just spending the two or hundred to two hundred fifty dollars is just unreal to me. But then I want to flip that as on the side as well. Say people who are probably in the keto diet, they I think they would say, look, I'm already in ketosis. My body's already using fat versus the mm-hmm. sugar. So is that helping? Or should I get into ketosis first through uh, the salts or changing my diet for a few days and then doing the prolone? What are y'all finding with? Yeah, so those are great, great. So there's a couple things in there and I'll try and quickly address them. One is the mimicking of the mimicking diet. And then the other is <laughs> ketosis and what's its relation to this? How does it help? I like ketosis. I'm kind of a moderation guy, though. Everything in moderation, I wouldn't do A lot of people do it for six months at a time. I would never do it for more than two or three weeks. I'll talk about that in a sec. But mimicking the diet. So Dr. Longo is pledged all of his shares to charity. So he's the wonderful thing about working here is that we kind of are walking the walk. We're really trying to do something for the good of humanity. I don't get paid on sales of the product. I'm here to make sure people are well-educated on what we're doing and that they understand how to be safe and effective with the diet. So I do a lot of training with physicians and a lot of answering of customer questions. So I don't have any dog in the race if you want to try and copy the diet. Dr. Longo even publishes the ratios in his book, The Longevity Diet. So he wants people to be able to do this. The downside is we didn't, at this point, we're about $50 million in federally funded research and grant money validating this clinically. We spent a huge portion of that developing the product itself. And we didn't do that because we're bad at spending money. We did that because it costs that much to get it right. So the idea that you can go home and kind of make it in your kitchen, you may be able to, but there's a couple reasons why it's not necessarily going to work. One, it has to be certain types of food. It has to be certain glycemic index. While we do know the ratio of less than 10% protein, 35% carbs, 5% sugar, 50% healthy fat, 
at about 770 to 800 calories a day on day two through five. There's also a couple other things we do. We have a, almost an entire day's full day's serving of fiber per day on the diet, despite having less than half the calories of a recommended daily allowance. We have almost full fiber, so the glycemic index is going to be quite a bit lower. Two, uh, we do a lot with what they call ghost carbons, which are carbons that your body doesn't recognize. So certain sources don't trigger those pathways. Glycerin is one of them. So I know I mentioned it a bit ago that we help preserve lean body mass because we give your body something to eat besides muscle. Glycerin is one of those things. So it's hard to get the right amount of glycerin per body weight. And we went through the work of validating what that amount is. That's what that L drink is on day two. Oh, yeah, that little drink that's, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing that's really going to give your body, it's kind of basically an energy drink because your body will, when you're in mild to moderate ketosis and glucagon is up, it's going to drive glycerin into the Krebs cycle and you're going to make energy out of it. And it can do a couple other things too. It can even go through ketosis. But glycerin is kind of unusable when you're not in a starvation state. You just urinate it out. So there's a lot of tricks we do that are really advanced in how we developed the product. So if you want to try and copy it, you make it kind of close. I'll tell you this. I work here and I work with our nutritionists to develop an alternative version that a friend of mine who hates Mediterranean food could do. And we went through (laughs) all this effort and we did it. And she got none of the metabolic changes that she had gotten when she did the diet that we actually sold. So I, I will say that as a, I'm an expert in this, and I still didn't do a good job mimicking it. So if you are going to do it on your own at home, one, make sure you're safe. If you're on any medication, you need to do this under supervision of a doctor uh, because it isn't necessarily safe for everybody to go into a fasting state. And two, if you don't get the results you thought you would, don't write off fasting mimicking. Consider that maybe you just didn't get it quite right and through no fault of your own. And you know they won't say that. I tried it. No, you didn't. You tried a really weird version that you created yourself. Yeah. I get a lot of phone calls where people are trying to basically get me to give them the secrets. And I'm like, there are no secrets. We just did the work. You basically have to do the work to use the product. So I generally just tell people, just do the box we have. If you're not eating for five days, you're going to save a lot of money. We know ours works. Just give it a shot. If you have a specific reason why you can't do our version, I understand that. Talk to us. We'll see what we can do. So that's and before one. you jump into the yeah. keto part, y'all just came out with new flavors, which I was like, oh, I was two yeah. weeks too late, but uh, or too early. But I'm assuming the same research went through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, what's actually, I think we we initially researched nine different flavors of soup, and they, we had to do the same clinical testing on all of them, and. The new flavors we've released are essentially two, I believe. There's two more that we're refining, but two of the four are finally released. And so we have – these are all – they were all part of our initial research. And we have a couple more. I think there's 13 or 14 total that we've been working on. But these have all gone through the same clinical rigor. These are not just, oh, let's change the flavors up. These are really – validated at this point so we, we got these done then we had to yeah. create no these finally got passed these passed all right exactly. good, good. we're still getting the results that, that we're going to talk about in a second after you talk about the ketosis part the blood work that matters okay so so yeah so on to the keto question the keto one's a great question um the ketosis is part of the diet the vast majority of people by day three are going to be into mild mild to moderate ketosis of about 1.5 millimoles per deciliter i believe that's the measurement 1.5 whatevers um they're in ketosis. They drop, they vacillate between 0.8 and 1.5, and 1.5 is considered full ketosis. But that's not really the purpose of the diet. You will burn visceral fat. You will lose quite a bit off your waist. It is targeted fat loss for people who have fat to lose. If you're pretty close to where you want to be, you're not going to lose much weight. But the, uh, the reality of what we're going for is that's, that 
cleaning up of damaged tissue, which co-occurs with ketosis in some cases, but ketosis alone is not enough to cause that. Ketosis has way too high protein in general. Protein is going to turn on IGF-1, which I know we talked, you and I have mentioned before in the past, IGF-1 is insulin-like growth factor 1. It's the thing that bodybuilders eat a lot of protein for. They want to stimulate their growth hormone. If you eat animal protein in particular, you ramp up your IGF-1, and that allows you to grow. It deposits tissue, muscle, gets built out of the protein you're eating. So the act of eating protein increases IGF-1. The act of working out also increases IGF-1. So you couple those together, that's how you get muscle growth. We're trying to inhibit that for five days just to trigger that cleanup mechanism. Dr. Longo has more or less validated that we have way too high IGF-1 in America. We're eating way too much protein. But I'm not going to get into the debate of whether protein is good. I'm going to stick to the side of the only way you can get the cellular cleanup is by lowering protein for five days. We'll ignore everything else and just focus on that. So keto diets are not going to cause regeneration and rejuvenation. You may burn a little fat, so you are going to get a little autophagy, but it's not damaged tissue autophagy. It's just fat autophagy. So so it's a little bit different, but it is part of the diet. So if you're in ketosis before you go into the diet, you're probably going to have a much easier transition. So day two, very, very common for people to get a big headache on day two if they're not already in ketosis ahead of time. Another thing is that's probably their coffee intake. Yeah, so coffee is part of it. There's three reasons we think. One is coffee, caffeine withdrawal, because you can't – if you drink a lot of caffeine or coffee in general, you're going to activate protein kinase A, which is PKA, one of the pathways we're trying to inhibit to trigger cleanup. So there's three main ones, IGF-1, mTOR, mechanistic target of rapamycin, and PKA. So if you do inhibition of all three of those with very low protein, very low sugar, moderate carbs – you can, at a low calorie intake, put the body in a fasting state. And if you, if you drink too much caffeine, you're reactivating one of those pathways. So that's why there's a limit on coffee. So if you're weaning off of coffee, you're going to get a headache on day two. But even people who don't drink any caffeine get a bad headache if they're not super well hydrated, if their electrolytes are out of whack a little bit. Just going into a fasting state, the presence of beta-hydroxybutyrate initially makes some people nauseous or have a headache. It just does. Um, And then transitioning from high insulin to low insulin, high glucagon can also trigger that. There's a number of things that we're not quite sure about. But in general, if you've done keto before, it's going to be an easier transition. Um, so we do see that. So people who want to try and ease it, if they've done the fast in the past and felt terrible on day two, or even late on day one, going into keto beforehand or eating a very clean, high plant-based diet ahead of time with a ton of vitamins and minerals and staying hydrated, will probably really help you. So, so you probably want to avoid the, um, MCT oils and the, the ketone salts that some of the places, you know, if you're in ketosis, if you're that person, you're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm banging these ketone salts. I'm taking the MC toy oil my coffee. And all those things actually have calories. And I'm yeah. assuming if you take either one of those products, you're going to ruin your five days because it's off. It's a pretty tight metric. We put as much food as we could in there before we start to trigger the pathway. So if you add anything outside it, you're probably going to throw it off. MCT oil, while I think it's great outside of the diet, on the diet is probably not going to work too well for you. Same with any dairy or sugar in your coffee. You just got to drink plain black coffee. You can have a cup of coffee per day, but anything more than about 90 milligrams of caffeine is going to jack up the diet, uh, at least from what we can tell. So This is like my disclaimer, like, yeah. don't do this, people. I know what yeah. you're thinking. Don't yeah, do and, it. And, it's, and I try to caution everyone because they basically they're like, well, if this is if what you made is good, I want to make it great. So they want to ramp it 
it up and do an extra high version. And I'm like, listen, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but there is a limit to what your body can do. And if you keep adding things, you're going to knock off our science and start screwing up other stuff. So if you just do what we said, you're much more likely to get the results in the diet. Can you get better ones? Maybe. We haven't tested it. But this what we made is what seems to, for the vast majority of people, be the right ratio to give them the benefit. So we just, I just tell everybody, I know what you're trying to do. Just, and the other thing, they want to take a bunch of supplements. <laughs> if you think of, this is something that's been debated a lot, but the theory we have is you actually don't want to support your damaged tissue. You don't want to give those fragile cells any extra robustness. You want them to look as bad as they can so that when you go into the fasting state, they're the first ones to get cleaned up or replaced. If you're taking a lot of supplements that stabilize your cell membranes and keep your mitochondria super healthy, if you take those during our diet, you may actually be doing yourself a disservice. Now, again, we aren't cutting our patients open and delicately examining their innards on a cellular level. So what we're talking about is more bench research and academic, but it sure holds up. So just do what we included in the box. Don't bring anything in extra and you're more likely to get the benefit. Because I thought I'd read somewhere when you're doing this, your organs might shrink a little. Yeah. But then so we'll, yeah. they regenerate. Yes. They're, they're, the output is the same, but they actually are smaller. And then when you eat on the sixth day, it rebuilds. Yep. So mention that and then mention how important it is on the sixth day to what you're supposed to or what would you ideally eat so that way you're, you heal better. So those are your, man, you've done your homework. This is great. So, uh, and I talk about this quite a bit. So in mice we can, and I apologize to everyone out there. This is the, these are the way we do the IRB trials there. You, you, you sacrifice the least amount of animals necessary to validate that you're going to be safe for humans. And that's just the nature of the beast. These animals have hopefully gone to help save lives. Some of the stuff we're working on in the future, and they are, uh, they're treated very humanely if there is such a thing. So in any case, that's my disclaimer. Like we do our best to try to make sure we're, we're but, but if you want to validate that you're causing stem cell based regeneration and autophagy and apoptosis, you have to do dissection and staining at this point, we don't have any better tests in humans. We're obviously not doing that. We're not cutting their brains open and frozen sectioning them to demonstrate neural regeneration. So what we do in humans instead to validate that this does what we said it's going to do is we did MRI of people on the diet and we did lab testing and then we did post hoc analysis too. So what we look at, what we see on the diet is from day zero to day five, your spleen and your liver, which are large organs and easy to measure the size change, do get significantly smaller. If you look at the blood outputs, the levels of those organs are the same or better. So you have a smaller organ now, and then it's not just dehydration. We can actually measure whether it's cellular volume that's lost, and it actually is cells. So they are shedding cells. Um, and you see the output remaining the same or getting better. So you have a smaller organ doing the same or more work. That's optimization or autophagy. Those are damaged tissue that has been repaired and improved. And then after you eat again on day five, you see these organs get larger. And at the same time, you eat again on day six, I should say, eat traditional food. Those organs get larger rapidly over the next couple of weeks. And at the same time, you see the stem cells in the bloodstream that went way up during the diet by day five. They're up by about 800%. And we'll talk about which stem cells those are too, if you like. Yeah, please. After you finish the diet, 
they go down fairly quickly. And they probably go down because they're migrating into the tissue and making a newer, larger organ. And that's exactly what you're seeing this organ get larger. So now you have evidence that it shrunk and got more efficient, so autophagy and apoptosis, shedding cells. And then it got larger, and, and that's evidence of stem cell-based regeneration. So now we've done the same thing that we did in mice without cutting people open. So we've demonstrated that we're probably doing what we say we're doing. And on, what should we eat on that sixth day? I know it kind of tells you, but... No, that, that's a... That's a so, so here's the... So we're a very science-driven company, and if we haven't published a trial on it, we tend to not talk about it. So, uh, uh, so the problem is, on the clinical trial, we wanted to validate that everything you see on the diet is just from the diet itself, every, all the results. So the only thing we modified in everybody's lives, we kept everything else controlled. Don't increase your workouts. Don't change your diet between cycles. Just eat these five days. And because of that, we didn't actually test what diet they should be eating on day six. So day six is sort of a bit of a guessing game. We do know you've been on essentially bowel rest for five days. You've been eating very soft, plant-based food. So a couple things are going to make you feel sick. If you eat too solid, too much solid food, your stomach's going to grind away and you're not going to feel very good. If you eat too much sugar or protein, you're probably going to feel pretty nauseous. So, and in some cases you may even get sick. So we generally advise everybody start liquid and advance as tolerated up to solids. We recommend they follow a Mediterranean style diet just because if you look at the blue zones, the longest living people on earth, they all eat a very blue zone style diet. So on day six, uh, things that are, you eat healthy fats, healthy plant-based carbs, avoid animal proteins. If you have to eat something, you could have some fish for dinner, something soft, um, and gear towards the leafy greens and the fruits. Um, so I know that they mentioned on the, in our little meal guide, things like juices and then pasta, which is sort of, I, I guess yeah. if you got to pick something that's, we didn't say uh, the un- never ending yeah. pasta bowl and we went just a handful. Don't, don't go to Olive Garden, eat a reasonable <laughs> amount. And the nice thing about the diet is it's a little bit of a cognitive retraining. People have a different really relationship is. with food. Like for me, it's a kickstart. I've been eating poorly for a couple months. I do the diet. I no longer crave the bad stuff and I don't crave as much of it. So for me, it's, yeah. it's like behavioral. It's like a free way to, to trick my body into being more well-behaved. So In reality, his longevity diet book that he wrote with the orange and white cover He's not a big proponent of protein, really, animals at all. Yeah. He's like, look, you eat animal, IG-1 goes up. IG-1 goes up, your mTOR goes up, you're probably going to have more heart disease, you're probably going to have yep. more cancer. In general, he's just like, yo, stop eating animals, maybe every now and then, but eat fish. I think he's a, yeah, he's pretty much just a pescatarian, and even then, very, very rarely. Uh, and the reasoning is pretty sound, because if you look at, like, he makes a really good point really early on in the book that... If you try to cure cancer, you're going to improve people's lives on average by like two or three years. If you try to cure heart, if you cure every, all five of the top major diseases, you will extend human life by about 15 years on average. If you intervene in aging, instead of trying to treat those diseases, if you just intervene in aging itself, half as well as we can do with mice right now, you live 30 years longer. So it's a nice little point that these are all age-related diseases. If you just slow the aging, you're not going to have as many diseases. And if you give the body the opportunity to regenerate, you're going to have even less. So at least that's the thinking. And in mice, it certainly holds up. We just have to do much larger, very long trials in humans to show that. But the evidence is good that if you eat a bunch of protein, you're just ramping up aging. 
growth is aging. The more rapidly you grow, the more you use up the copies of the cells you have. Every time you replicate cells, you increase DNA error. So you increase the possibility of DNA error-related diseases, including cancer um, and heart disease and diabetes. So growth is a good thing from a muscle standpoint, but we do way too much of it. So once you hit your peak, you need to do something to help clean your body up. And that's what he's focused on. Just keep your protein lower. You can still eat some, but we just eat way too, way too much here and we end up in trouble. So, and we don't need to be trying to take anything like glutathione or milk this or anything like that afterwards for like, well, my liver was doing all this. And if I'm already in a state of of regrowth and, and all this, if I just take something that would support liver detox, I'm air quoting, yeah, that it would, it would help even more. It's like, I'm assuming, like, no, just just let your body do what it would do naturally. Just well, I, I'll say that I can't definitively say any of those are bad things. I don't know that they are. Uh, I will say if you're trying to ramp up growth right after you did a growth slowing diet, you may be doing yourself a disservice. Um, mm-hmm. There are people who have metabolic abnormalities who may benefit from things like that, but so far we haven't seen a lot of convincing data that shows that it's worth it. There are a lot of people that we work with who do do that with their patients, and so far they seem to have had good results. So I'm I'm very much keeping an open mind about it, but I'm I tend to err more towards the side of show me the data, show me that you need it, and I'm happy to do it. So okay, Dr. Kelly, we got one big question here, and I'll just string them together because they all run together. Go for it. We're doing the blood work the day, you know, the week before you take, do the start the first month. At the uh, about ten days after the third month, we're supposed to retake it, like CRP, your lipid panels, HDLs, LDLs, things like that. So those are the things that you're going to see drop. If you go on the web page, you go to the, the doctor resources, you'll see where the papers say that. But if you're someone like me who's like, hey, I could probably get patients on this, there's definitely legal reasons that you can't actually claim these things get better, although in the office, that's probably what you're going to be looking for. And then I'm going to bridge it into this. You've got several studies out there looking at diabetes, endothelial glycocalyx dimensions. We've got some of the uh, fatigue and muscular resistance, the safety and efficacy. Because here's the deal. You're like, hey, if if you're on these drugs, you got to keep taking these drugs. But if you have diabetes and all this stuff, we don't really want you to do the diet. And I'm like, well, wait. The hypertension and the, the pre, maybe the pre-diabetics are the people that maybe are on metformin but not on insulin can take it. So I know there's legal things that you can't say, but those are the people that really need this diet and probably one of the easiest ones to find because so many people are on Lipitor and metformin. So I guess that's the question. <laughs> if you're on met, are you done or is it like you're on insulin? Don't do this diet. Like how, do we, how are we supposed to navigate this, man? Yeah, and that's a great question. So I'm – and I apologize. You are asking great questions, not just blowing smoke. So – as the medical science liaison, I don't get paid on sales, but there are some restrictions around what we can talk about. Typically, we don't want to discuss medications because we haven't validated what medications are safe and what aren't. But from a, if you just look from a biochemistry standpoint, we don't want anybody to drop insulin so much when they pass out and, oh, I hit my head because I didn't have any sugar. Exactly. That's, so that's one of the challenges. So I'll say this. We as a company do not recommend this for diabetics unsupervised. We actually don't even recommend it for practitioners to use with diabetics because we don't have efficacy and safety data. We are in the process of doing that with an investigator-initiated trial, meaning it's not done through the company. A doctor just wanted to do this, and we're supporting with uh, boxes but not with funding. Uh, So it's an independent trial. But uh, until we have really well-controlled and safe 
studies that demonstrate that this is not going to put people in trouble because our product can lower blood glucose and their medications can also lower blood glucose. We're very, very careful. We put patient safety first. I'd rather you not get the benefit than you try to get the benefit and end up doing some harm. So, uh, so we are very careful about that. There are doctors who elect to ignore us. We've seen people do the diet and, and, do all kinds of things with the medications. It's stuff that I can talk to people. If you're a practitioner, I can talk to you one-on-one about what we've seen people do, but we don't recommend it as a company. I apologize very much for the language. We we just take... Um, no, you got to do it. It's a real risk. That's why I, I, thought, I, I thought I'd ask because... Yeah, and, and I, I agree. If you look on paper, it looks like they're probably candidates that may benefit... Um, it, but, but I want to highlight, we are still in the preliminary data gathering stage. So even though in our clinical trials published research demonstrated one particular thing. It was on a limited sample size and no one in the trial had diabetes. We have, Dr. Longo has done other research on fasting and diabetes and fasting mimicking diets and beta cell regeneration in the lab setting. Uh, So there are some very, very exciting things coming out, but they're very preliminary. And I just want to caution everybody listening. I know what you want. I want the same things for you, but more than anything, I want you to be safe. So until we have that data, we're going to be very tight-lipped about it. Please accept my apologies on that one. (laughs) And with that, this interview is done. No. (laughs) So the statins, by the way, Dr. Longo has gone on record as saying he thinks aspirin and statins are very safe with the diet. So if you're on cholesterol medications and aspirin, those are the two meds that we don't really worry about. As a company, we feel that they're probably safe, but we haven't done the studies. So again, we rely on if you have a medical diagnosis and you take a prescription medication, it's always best to go through your doctor, your licensed healthcare practitioner who understands more about how this product might work with those. So okay. because we don't even though it is just into food, a coma. yeah, we just want everyone to be safe. And there have been people who've tried to do this on their own who have not done well. So those are the reasons we take it very seriously. And, and I appreciate everyone at home listening. I'm not promise we're not some scaredy cats. We're doing it for a reason. So uh, just bear with us. We'll work through it. And hopefully we'll get some data in the near future that allow us to be a little more open about it. But uh, at the moment. That's some serious research, though. Like to get that part, like, my goodness. Yeah. That's going to take a lot of time, a lot of years. So at this point, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. And right now, the despite the fact that the FDA and the federal government are our major financial backers, they don't have a pathway right now for us to do an FDA trial because it's a box of food. And until they do, we won't be able to make any medical claims around specific diseases. So even though we have a lot of... But you actually do have a couple of patents, right? We do have quite a number of patents, but we can't make medical claims because of patents. We do have, we have the world's first longevity patent for a diet. Um, we have a couple other patents around the application of fasting mimicking with cancer and with multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's, neurodegenerative diseases, um, and a number of other things. But... Patents are not the same as medical claims from the FDA, so uh, so we so have you to, still have to have that yeah, little FDA yeah. thing. So we still need FDA approval on a couple <laughs> of those things. So so we're, we're doing our diligence. We're doing it right. We're trying to make sure that we don't open our mouths before we can support what we're saying. So appreciate everyone's patience. I know it's a slow process. We're doing as much as we can, as fast as we can. Awesome. Well, I, that's kind of what I got for you. We're going to respect your time. Give us some of the websites, contact information, so we can check out more of this stuff. Sure. If you want to learn more about the diet itself, it's prolonfmd.com, which is P-R-O-L-O-N-F-M-D.com, which is prolonfastingmimickingdiet.com, basically. Uh, if you want to learn more about what we're working on as a company and take a look at some of the trials that we have underway with different products that are not Prolon. Uh, you go to L-Nutra, L-N as in Nancy, U-T-R-A dot com. That's our corporate website. Uh, and that talks a little bit about our future state. So um, we're, we're hoping to one day, and that's one of the things that we're, Dr. Longo, is ple- he has 60% ownership of the company, and all of his shares go to a charity that all of the profit 
uh, and revenue goes towards researching using nutrition as a medical treatment for disease. So uh, we're working on things like, again, neurodegenerative diseases, cancer, autoimmune disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, lupus, rheumatoid, et cetera. Um, we're working on a lot of great stuff. We're very excited about it. It's going to be years away, but we're trying to do it right. We're trying to make sure we protect you guys and we give you the best product. It'll give you the best results possible. So, Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for taking your time, hanging out with us and uh, answering my questions and hopefully other doctors who are listening to this podcast are like, just give me some more meat and potatoes. So I'm really happy to, to hope, hope them people. Yeah. Well, if you guys have any specific questions, reach out to us as a company. We've got a great medical science team. Uh, there's, there's three doc, four docs now on staff. Uh, we have a really, really talented nutritionist. Reach out. You may end up talking to me or my wonderful colleague, Dr. Tracy Thomas, who is sitting right across from me. But, um, so I encourage you guys reach out to us. We're here for you. And thank you so much for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you follow me at all on Instagram, you know you only get one link. So I use a link tree. And so it's a doctorsperspective.net slash links with an S. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, that's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly, and financial. And then, of course, bundle packs, which can get you the no-needle acupuncture book, 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin, at a great deal. The resources page has some of the products that I like. It's a affiliate style, so if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, PureVPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, ProLone Edge or Hawk Grips. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the ProLone Diet, Fast Mimicking Diet, five-day plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes on Thursdays and Saturdays. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.